check, 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 check. Okay. Well, interpret Nesper's treaties. Interpret what the treaties and their language mean. The treaties and their language. What do the treaties and their language mean to me? The treaties um, for lies, deception, um, it's establishing structures uh, and laws, establishing structures, laws, systems, uh, caste systems because there's a level um, of citizenship um, so it it's exclusionary without uh, being upfront about a lot of things hmm. it's it's assumptive it makes assumptions. It presumes a lot. It's presumptive. Presumptuous. Um, it, it makes me feel weird. It trips me out how they say one thing and then follow it directly with something else. Um, so, you know, say for the exclusive use, yeah, it's not exclusive. So why even use the word exclusive? Um, because, uh, yeah, well, let's look at that. Exclusive, exclusive, excluding or not admitting other things restricted or limited to the person, group or area concerned an item or story published or broadcast by only one source. So yeah, restricted or limited to the person, group, or area concerned, excluding or not admitting other things. And so exclusive use does not coincide with these other terms. So in the Treaty of 1855, it doesn't come until Article 3, I believe, or is it Article 4? Okay, Article 2 of the Nez Perce Treaty. All which tracks, so...
So yeah, Nesper's Treaty of 1855, all which tract shall be set apart. So all the land that is described in Articles 1 and 2 when they give the large geographical descriptions of the land that they're talking about, all of that will be set apart for the exclusive use and benefit of the Nesper's people as an Indian reservation. As far as necessary, as far as it may be necessary, this area can be surveyed and marked out with physical markers, and no white man shall reside, uh, nor white, nor any white man shall be permitted to reside upon the said reservation. nor shall any white man be permitted to reside upon the said reservation. Okay, so yeah, again, Article 1 and 2 of the Nespers Treaty of 1855 outlines a outlines the geographical boundaries of a tract of land. And they say that tract of land shall be set apart for the exclusive use and the benefit of the Nespers people as an Indian reservation. Uh, and as far as may be necessary, that tract of land will be surveyed and marked out with physical markers. Um, as a part of that, no white man um, shall be permitted to reside upon the reservation. Now, at the exact same time, they're making an exception saying that uh, there will in fact be people...
Okay. So, yeah, again, the Nez Perce Treaty of 1855 and the first two articles, it outlines the geographical bounds of a tract of land where they will create an Indian reservation. And so here, continuing in Article 2, um, it says that tract of land that they establish above will be set apart for the exclusive use and benefit of the Nez Perce people as an Indian reservation. And as far as may be necessary, that tract of land will be surveyed and marked out with physical boundaries. They also guarantee that no white man shall be permitted to reside upon that said reservation, that tract of land. At the exact same time, they make an exception for um, people who will be in employment and they also introduce a new concept of an Indian department. Uh, so within the same sentence of this agreement to establish a place for the exclusive use and benefit of the tribe, the wording is also making an exception that undercuts everything that is already established or The document is making an exception. The document is building in a loophole. And so with that exception, uh, they're able to introduce the concept of an Indian department so not only are they going against the statement saying that no white man shall be permitted to reside upon the reservation because they're saying except for those that are in employment. Um, and then you ask employment of what? They say of the Indian department. Uh, so it's going to be a department that manages the affairs of the natural inhabitants. So again, um, this tract of land that has been surveyed and physically marked out or can that has been surveyed and can be physically marked out um, and is set aside for the exclusive use of this tribe will still fall under the management of this department and that department will be ran by white people the same white people who were guaranteed to not be allowed to permit or were, that were guaranteed to not be permitted uh, to reside upon the reservation that is agreed upon in the article. That is so telling um, that within a statement they make a guarantee and continue the guarantee and, are, and as a continuation of the guarantee, build in an exception. And while building in that exception, they're also installing a new system which will regulate the affairs of the inhabitants of the tract of land that they previously mentioned 
is set apart to be used for the ex- for the sole benefit of the tribe and for the tribe alone. And within that exception, they've also allowed for a caveat where additional white people that were previously proposed uh, or that were previously uh, that they that they previously said could not be allowed to reside upon the reservation, um, that they could actually, in fact, gain permission uh, through both the tribe and the superintendent or the agent. So, um, yeah, there's there's a back-end loophole where they are making a guarantee that no white person shall be permitted to reside upon the reservation, yet as they do that, they're building in an exception for an employee of a department that they're going to use to run the area. And that department head or people within that department can also give permission for other white people to come and inhabit the area that has been agreed upon as exclusively meant for the benefit of the tribe.
test, test, test. <clears throat> the biggest thing that really stands out to me is the fact that This all requires so many words. And it makes me think of, <laughs> it makes me think of the Chief Joseph quote about it not requiring many words to tell the truth. built within every sentence in, if not a full outright section of these treaties are caveats and loopholes. There are lies. They'll start with a headline. Um, in the meantime, it shall be lawful for them to reside upon any ground. Um, so yeah, okay. This treaty will be ratified after a while. So we, we set forth the lines for this treaty, um, you know, let's just ro roll it back. So the tract of land that is included within the following boundaries outlined in Article 1 and Article 2 will be for the use and occupation of the Nez Perce people. Uh, and so then they go on to describe what that is. And then they mention all of that tract of land that is described for the use and occupation of the said tribe will be for the exclusive use and benefit of the Nez Perce people as an Indian reservation. Again, reminding us that, and so far as necessary, that tract of land may be surveyed and possibly marked out with physical barriers. Then comes the guarantee that no white man shall be permitted to reside upon the said reservation, where they then build in their first caveat accepting those in employment. Um, and then they also introduce the concept of the Indian department. Um, and so that's two things right there where the headline reads that this will all be for you. And you know what? Even if it comes down to it, we will even come out and help and mark out the boundaries. And no white man shall be allowed in this place. This will be exclusively for you and you alone. Uh, also, we are going to put up a department, of Indian department, and people will have to run that department, and so those people will live here. Uh, and the department will actually manage the affairs of what you do here on this tract of land that we say is exclusively for you and for your benefit. Um, so it's it's not then for the exclusive use, nor is it for the benefit of the said tribe. It's a lie. The same comes um, as you follow along in Article 2 of the Treaty of 1855, where the headline is reading, In the meantime, so uh, they say that the, the Nez Perce tribe agrees to move to this tract of land that what the, the boundaries were described in Articles 1 and 2 
and that whole area is used for the occupation of the Nez Perce people and that they will settle upon that area that was described one year after the ratification of this treaty. And in the meantime, as things are processing, uh, it shall be lawful for them to reside upon any ground. Now, while you can live on any ground, you cannot actually uh, live on ground that is already claimed and occupied by citizens of the United States. What do citizens of the United States mean? Oh, well, that's introducing an entirely new concept. This is creating an other. Oh my gosh, it's all one truth and two lies. <gasps> That's really what it is. And it's not even a truth. It's it's one premise. It's one headline. Two lies. So they are every time. Okay. Because they're saying that you can live on any. In the meantime, while this whole thing is um, being processed, you can live on any ground. Um, however, you're not allowed to live on the ground that is occupied by citizens of the United States. So already they're building in a caveat for um, this place that, you know, they can't reside upon any ground. They can only reside upon certain ground. And then it's also an introduction of a citizen. What is a citizen and of the United States? So that makes um, the Nez Perce people not citizens. Or that makes Nez Perce people separate from this new phrase that they're coining citizens of the United States. Uh, so that's letting them know that you are not this thing. Um, so yeah, it's true, two lies right after that. And they may also, so they can live on any land. They just can't live on the land of these things that we're calling a citizen, which are the white people. If the white person is there, know that they are a citizen, which means that they are protected underneath the government and you are not. And so you cannot live on any lands that they use, claim, or occupy. You may, however, reside upon, live on any of their land if it is occupied with the permission of the owner or claimant. And 
in doing so, all of this guarantees the right for these things called citizens, these new white settlers who are an extension of the United States. This guarantees the right for them to enter upon and occupy as settlers any lands not actually occupied and cultivated by Indians at this time. Now, there's the second set of lies again. Uh, because, again, with occupied and cultivated by said Indians at this time, um, it doesn't take into account the fact that the Nez Perce people moved about as the year cycled. Uh, and so this is placing a colonial structure of being bound to one geographic location um, and then also cultivating. So this is an entirely different cultural system uh, that isn't uh, native to these people. So if these people are not practicing our way in a space in a certain space then that allows for any of these things that we are calling citizens which are white settlers to now claim that land So what I'm noticing is that there's always two lies stacked on top of each other. There's, um, there's a setup. They set up um, something positive. This tract of land will be set aside for you exclusively, will even help you to mark it out. And no white man shall be permitted to be on here. Then they enter in the two lies. Um, the only white people that will be allowed to be on this reservation will be employees. Employees of what, you ask? Of an Indian department. Yes, that is correct. We are uh, establishing a department here where we will manage the affairs of everything that you do and everything that happens in this place that we just told you was yours to do um, with what you choose and what you please um, for your exclusive use and for your exclusive benefit. We're going to tell you what to do uh, through this department. And in order to run that department, we're going to put some of our people there. So that already just discredits the first part of that whole statement um and so beyond discrediting it it's also implementing a system this indian department managing the actual affairs making the decisions for these people on their own lands um you're someone new coming in telling us what to do in our home that we've inhabited for thousands of years And moving forward, saying that they'll give these people one year to hop onto this tract of land that is outlined. 
in the meantime, it shall be lawful for them to reside upon any ground, you know. So for the next however long until a year after the ratification of this agreement that we're talking about right here and right now, you can live anywhere. The only places that you can't live are the places that are claimed or occupied by this thing that we call citizens of the United States. Um, so these are people separate from you. Citizens are these white people that are an extension of the United States and you are the Nez Perce Indians. You are separate from that. And so if a person that is a citizen of the United States is claiming and or occupying a piece of land, you can't reside upon that one. You can reside upon the land that is claimed or occupied if you get permission, though, from the owner or the claimant. This then, this whole thing that we're talking about, this um, these citizens having a claim and or occupying a place and you getting permission to possibly be on that place or just staying away and finding somewhere else where they don't reside, um, this is guaranteeing the right to these things, again, that we call citizens of the United States, these white people, to enter upon and occupy as settlers. So now they get to settle any lands not actually occupied and cultivated in the way that we practice by any of you. So although you all live your lives completely separate from the way that we live ours, if we come into a space and we notice that you are not occupying that space in the way that we occupy that space, we then get to claim it for ourselves. This is guaranteeing us that right. And by extension, any other white person, a.k.a. citizen of the United States. So there's always a lie involved. And at the exact same time, there is a piggybacking of a colonial structure. You know, in the first part, it starts off with uh, the Indian department. So a management of Indian affairs. And so then by extension of that colonial structure, they're able to place employees and those employees can grant access to others to come into this space that was previously said to not allow white people. In the next instance, they talk about citizens of the United States. So making this colonial structure of citizenship to the government, um, which therefore creates a separateness for the Nez Perce people. And so in that, in that colonial structure of being, hey, these are protected people, these are citizens, these are extensions of the government, you are other, you cannot, you can be anywhere you want, you just cannot be where these people are. Even if those people are in a place where you naturally have been forever. 
Now, there may come a time when you may possibly be able to be in these places. However, in order to do that, you have to have the permission of the owner or the claimant. Now, know that this whole system is guaranteeing the right um, for these things, again, that we call citizens of the United States to come in and take up land. Now, with this part, it's a double whammy because they're throwing in the colonial structure of um, people coming in and being able to look at a piece of land and say, hey, it is not occupied in a Western structure and is not cultivated in a Western structure by any Indians at this time. Therefore, because they're not practicing the ways that we practice, we can then claim this. guaranteeing the right for white people to come in and make the judgment, hey, you're not using this land the way that we white people would use it. So me, as a white person, I'm going to now take this because you're not using, you're not, you're not in the space right here and right now, and you're not using the space the way that I would use it. Therefore, it is now mine, and this guarantees me the right to do so. Okay, Article 4 of the Treaty of 1855. So um, basically, in consideration of the above session, so in, so in giving up the land that was outlined in Articles 1 and 2 and that were previously discussed in Articles 2 and 3, the United States agreed to pay to the said tribe the sum of $200,000. In addition to that $200,000, they will also pay um, with goods and provisions distributed to the Nez Perce people at the time of signing this treaty. Uh, in the following manner, $60,000 of that $200,000 sum will be spent under the direction of the president. So the president will say, um, the president will come through and say that what 60,000 of that dollars will be used towards. Um, it will be used for, so in, so yeah, in this is a, a payment for providing for the removal to the reservation. Um, it's also to pay for breaking up and breaking up the reservation into small plots as well as fencing and creating farms and fencing for those farms, the money will also go to building houses. Beyond that, the money will be applied to supplying um, the native people with provisions. So they'll be giving them a new food diet. So they'll be paying for their food as well as giving them suitable outfit. Um, so that may be literal clothing uh, that may also be suitable outfit for um, living standards. I'm not exactly sure. Beyond that, the $200,000 sum will also be spent for other objects that the president may deem necessary.
Um, so in here, that's um, again, there's there's a lot of structures that are actually built in all at once. There are a lot of uh, presumptions that are put into here. In consideration of the above session, the United States agreed to pay the said the said tribe. Um, I guess that exchange does can it can make sense. You know, we will give you this for that. Now, the thing that gets uh, the colonial structure that gets put in that you see right away is a sum of two hundred thousand dollars. So it's putting a finite and concrete number um, to a situation, uh, therefore giving it a certain value. Um, the United States is appraising what this is worth to people. Um, so rather than taking into account the ways in which people have been living their lives for thousands of years, they don't see it as a society of people. They see the land as a resource and the people as labor and a way by which they can extract the resource um, to its maximum potential for their private benefit. And so that is shown through this colonial structure of applying a very finite number. Um, so, I mean, I guess I can understand how um, an exchange, because trading, bartering pathways have always been in existence, um, yet a monetary system and a capitalistic system is something completely out of the scope of... Uh, of the Nest Purse culture. And so then to throw a sum down and a specific one, it, it just gives a very finite value, which doesn't allow you to go uh, to the left or to the right. It, it's staying very much in place, saying that um, for us to change your entire lives and your entire way of being from this point moving forward, it is only valued at $200,000, and this is an amount of money that we are going to tell you how to spend. And in the way that we tell you how to spend it, we're also setting up new establishments, new systems that will extract all that we can from this area using you as the labor force. And so that money will be spent uh, to remove you to this land, so to get you out of our way and to put you in one place where we know exactly where you are. This money will be used to create fences and will be used to create farms, something that you're not, something that you don't do. Um, you, will, you will put this into action, also building houses uh, and supplying you with food, um, because, you know, naturally, as I've discussed in other places, and just, yeah, because naturally, the Nez Perce people moved about in rounds. Um, they followed the seasons. They followed the, the animals through different places. They followed the earth in order to, to gather their food and to continue uh, living. Um, they worked in communion with the earth and we're not accustomed to staying in one place and or to farming, building houses. Um, and so you see how it's already written into the language. We are going to come in and establish 
we're, we're going to give you this money to put you onto this part of the land. And yeah, we understand you don't really get, we are, hmm. In order to get you onto the small piece of land, we're going to give you something. The thing that we're going to give you is this thing that we call money. Um, and it's going to be set at a very specific number. And there will be no going above or below that number. That number will be finite and it will never change. So although we are coming in and changing your entire way of life, we are saying that it is only worth this value. And this is the value that we're giving you. The number is $200,000. Now at the exact same time, we're giving you this thing that you don't use and we're going to tell you how to use it. You're going to use it in these ways to construct these systems that we're going to set up for you. And all of this comes under the direction of the President of the United States. So whatever he deems necessary will be done. 